Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, sports editor Dandy Adana. We've got sports editor's assistant, Bo Troutman, over there with his Raiders coat on. What's up? Um, I haven't seen a Raiders coat in a while outside of Bo Troutman, but, you know, um, glad they got some sort of fan base somewhere. Um, so, it is Raider Nation, after all. <laughs> so um, we'll get to the football playoffs and wrap up Week 9 uh, in a second. Um, but we got plenty of other things and other areas to talk about, too. We'll, I'm going to start with out football. We're going to start no football, uh, which is random for this one. Yeah, you know, but we're going to do it. Um, the most exciting thing I saw last week was number 20, Hope Volleyball. Knocking off number two, Calvin Volleyball, in four sets on Friday night. Um, that was one of the more epic matches I've seen. Uh, there was a different kind of electricity in Hope that has not been there for a while. They had lost the last seven rivalry matchups in a row. Um, Calvin's usually been ranked in the top three all those times, but Hope's been in the teens and whatever. Um, but it's been since they were... We had a few years ago like maybe five years ago now where they they met three in a two-year span they met three different times when they were ranked one and two and alternately one and two also so it wasn't just always like calvin was one and hope was two they met when hope was one and calvin was two and uh it was unbelievable and they hadn't had a they hadn't had a win in a while in the rivalry they needed this uh the last time they had a win seven not seven years. I mean, they play three times a year now. Um, but the last time they had a win, they had a senior uh, middle hitter named Courtney Van Housen, who after they lost before that, guaranteed that they she wouldn't graduate without beating Jim them. Jim style. Wow. And they did yeah. in the MIAA championship match. Holy cow. In five sets. And it was one of the most amazing things that she, she just said it in the – in the uh, post-game interview of the loss before. And uh, it became kind of a little bit of a buzz. And she delivered. She had one of her best, match- best matches as well. And boom, they won. But they haven't won since until Friday. And uh, it was kind of the this rise. You know, the last few years, Hope's had some great players and great teams too, but not quite as great as their national championship team, obviously, and that group that was, you know, in the Final Four uh, or in the championship uh, format a couple of times and, you know, looked like a national title contender. They had All-Americans all over the place on the court. They've had some great players, but they haven't had that superstar in a few years. 
And McKenna Otto looks like she could be that next superstar. She's a sophomore, and she dominated that entire match. Um, you know, she was, uh, you know, she approached 20 kills and hit over 550. I mean, like, they couldn't stop her. There was no, um, whatever she wanted to do, she did. There was just, you know, a few times where they, you know, the Calvin got a dig or something like that on one of hers, but they didn't block anything that she did. And if they did, it went out of bounds. She just picked apart the defense. It was really stunning to watch. Uh, and if that's going to be the case moving forward, this rivalry is going to get even better. So that was very exciting to see, um, especially since you know they, you know you can you can lose twenty five twenty two or twenty five twenty three every set and get swept for three years, but those are still really close matches. And hope most of hope and Calvin's have been like that. Uh, right. But they have been sweeps, so um, this was this was huge. Um, this was huge, especially at Calvin. Also, by the way, I did not mention that it was at Calvin. Um, now, unfortunately, this was the non-conference match because the MIAA went to a single round, but uh, moving away from the double round two years ago. But the volleyball teams wisely decided that since you know this is the best rivalry in Division Three, and we get two thousand plus people at every match. We're going to do the second one, too. It's just going to be non-conference. So this one was non-conference. So it doesn't help Hope get, uh, you know, to first place or even, you know, or even it, it doesn't even them out a top first place. There's still a game behind Calvin, and which means likely Calvin will host uh, the tournament. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's an interesting layer, though, when they – and that's – when you win the non-conference battle like that, right. and it's, yeah. it doesn't hold as much weight. But at the same time, for them moving forward, it holds a ton of weight. So, yeah. um, and then we have uh, we've had some other we have some other elite teams there. Um, Bo, you were watching, you were following Holland Christian soccer. They were ranked number yeah. one most of the year. They were undefeated going through. They won districts. They won their first regional matchup, and they met their match apparently in the uh, regional final. But it was a team that they had beat before right yeah like one of the first games if i think it was the first game of the season they won four nothing but it was just a totally different team that they were facing in the playoffs and uh you know just watching it i mean it was just such a good game but then for south christian just to get that penalty kick at the end and plus you know no one really knew what happened i talked to both coaches i mean both were kind of like eh, you know i don't know right <laughs> non-committal about it uh you know, I was standing at the opposite end of the field, and like some of the parents, you know, by me were kind of like, "Hey, wait, what's going on? You know, what what was that all about?" And all of a sudden, they're kicking the penalty kick. So it was kind of a weird call. I thought maybe you don't make that call that late in the game, that late in the season. But at this, in the same breath, earlier in the game, Hope had a penalty kick opportunity, and they missed it. Holland Christian, or, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, shows where my mind is. Today. Right? No, uh, Holland Christian. Sorry. Um, yeah, they had an opportunity earlier in the game to sink it. So. You know, it's it's tough to see a team that has so much good defense and so many good moments throughout the year uh, go down like that. But you know, that's that's the nature of soccer. You know, those those one nothing, two one games. You know, it's like those are the the real you know the real soccer games. And they fought to the end, and um, you know, it's just really fun to be a part of throughout the season, just covering them. But uh, still, despite the loss, I mean, you can't take anything away from them. I mean, they were just a fantastic team this year with Grant Copes and. The whole back line was just really elite. This For season. sure. They gave up how many goals all year? Um, oh, Five, or that was the sixth one? I think that was, I think it was, 
they outscored opponents seventy nine to five, if I'm not mistaken. That's insane. Yeah, and that's insane. And that, but that does show you soccer. I mean, and we see it at the World Cup level even too, is that the team that dominates possession for an entire game could still lose one nothing pretty. I don't want to say pretty easily, but pretty regularly because right. one if if the other team makes it uh, takes advantage of their one big chance, then that's it. You know, sometimes so, in soccer, yeah. so. Uh, but yeah, hats off to Holland Christian and Coach Dave DeBoer. They've got a good thing going there, um, and it was a great season for them. Um, next team looking to make a possible run. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this next week. But district volleyball starts next week. Uh, Hamilton's ranked number three right now. Um, they have a huge matchup with Byron Center on Halloween for the conference title. Uh, Byron Center beat them in the first matchup, and they need to split to share the title heading into districts uh the same thing happened last year byron center won the first one hamilton won the second one and then hamilton went all the way to the quarterfinals um so we'll see what happens with hamilton again but they've got the weapons um with uh aj ediger and corbin wainer and justine bronkhorst doing the and olivia lapping are doing most of the hitting and then uh shelby crock their setter is fantastic and they've got a great back row as well so uh they've got they don't have really many weaknesses. Um, of course, neither does Byron Center. So uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting week with, uh, with districts next week. Um, West Otto plays Zeeland East, uh, and then Zeeland West plays number two Hudsonville in Division One. Uh, they've only lost one match all year, I think, Hudsonville has. Um, so, And they're coached by former Zeeland East and Hope volleyball star Teresa Vanderscoff, which who formerly Teresa Boris, she's been she's married now. Um but she was on Hope's uh first final four volleyball team. Okay. Um so that was she's doing a great job there. Um so we'll we'll discuss more uh volleyball. Oh Sagatuck also won their division uh in volleyball. Uh we'll be discussing that more uh next week too as we kind of see where people go in districts uh could be interesting lots of teams could win um there's a lot of uh every every team in the area's got you know an elite player that possibly could take over a match and in the postseason we all know anything can happen that's why verlander's 0-6 in the world series we'll get to that later um but it's going to be an exciting week of volleyball for sure um as we move into it and then swimming uh, ho- uh zealand beat holland christian yesterday um to clinch the regular season portion of the okay green title they have their conference meet next week west Ottawa's in the red uh they're gonna finish i think they finished second in the duels and uh they're going to their conference meet next week too um lots of lots of good things going zealand's got some great swimmers um and will be the favorite heading into that you got hamilton's uh ray of blood if you don't know about her please read the sentinel article uh about her this week um she is aiming for a state championship in diving and last night she shattered her school and pool record uh again uh in diving by like 30 points so um she's on a mission and she's fantastic so um but yeah lots of lots of good swimmers uh getting ready for their postseason and we'll talk more about that as we get into conference next week and then uh look toward the state meet after that um 
And then, but we got, we got all holds on. A, we get swimming is like a big thing around here. Obviously, we've got twenty nine or thirty kids on Division one scholarships, plus the D two kids and the D three kids, plus the high school teams are great all the time. But running has been has become this level. Track and field and cross country has is is rapidly approaching this kind of level right now. And and uh, you saw last week. I mean, we had the West Ottawa girls won the regional uh, title in cross country. Sagatuck continues to just do fantastic things. We got what uh, one, two, three, four, four teams, five teams going to state for cross country, and then a, another smattering of individuals. Um, that's a lot of representation. Yeah. Um, what have you seen from the cross country runners? Uh, that they're really good. Uh, I think I think, <laughs> I think I got carpal tunnel after typing all those times and uh, from all the regionals last week. But uh, no, I mean. Clearly, yeah, there's just a big talent pool right now with, you know, especially you look at the top, just, you know, Ethan Senti, Javi Carroll on the boys' side, and you got you know, the girls' side, too. I mean, you know, Westado and then Holland Christian with um, Michelle Kuypers and Julian two different one, yeah. Two different one-two punches. Very yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah, and Westado, one to really watch out, though, is uh, uh, Arianne Olsen. Like, she, I mean, that's going to be interesting because... Here you have Abby Olsen, who's the Sentinel Cross Country Runner of the Year, and of course her little sister comes along as you know one of the best runners in the state. So uh, I'm really, really curious, um, you know, what they're going to do. Uh, you know, Abby Olsen too, just what they're going to accomplish at the state meet. Um, yeah, they could go like two eight. Yeah, at the state meet. Right. I mean, sisters yeah. finishing the top ten, fantastic. Right, and Coach Barnes at West Otto, he told me he's like, you know, he thinks there's an outside shot of you know like top five, but. They're kind of they're shooting for you know they think top ten is realistic for sure somewhere around there so um, that, that's pretty impressive uh, for a freshman too for sure so. for sure and then yeah the Holland Christian duo will do great things the Holland Christian boys made it as well as the Zealand West boys as a team Sagatuck teams made it um, and the Zealandese girls yeah. made it too so that's a lot of that's, that's a lot, lot. That's, that's a, a lot that's, yeah. and who knows what Sagatuck's going to do it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. So we'll uh, recap you on that. Bo will be there in the flesh at Michigan International Speedway on Saturday, um, tracking all the runners. Uh, hopefully a little more one-by-one one so you don't get the carpal tunnel like you right. did last week. True, um, true. <laughs> hey, if someone wants to type for me, I could, I could use a typist. Yeah. So uh, let's get to um, – uh, before we shift to all football all the time, we've got to talk a little bit about the World Series. I know as of this taping, Game 7 hasn't happened yet. But man, Verlander lost again last night. He's 0-6 in the World Series. Ugh. He's 14 and 5 in the rest of the rounds of the playoffs. It's 0-6 in the World Series. Now he only gave up three runs last night. Mm. So it's not like he like there's a difference. <clears throat> his his 0-6, you know, his first two losses were in 2006 when he was a rookie with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And he pitched okay there. He had another couple with with the Tigers again. No, one with the Tigers where they Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda hit three homers off yeah. him in game one. Uh, that was bad. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh, but this World Series, he gave up four, and now he's given up three. It's not like he's given up six, seven runs. And the game's different. Now, we talk about this a lot for how it favors the pitcher as far as there's more strikeouts. I know there's more walks too, but there's more strikeouts. So we're seeing lower ERAs and stuff like that. But Verlander has been victimized all season. We saw the game against the Tigers where he threw – he only gave up two hits. There were two solo home runs and he lost. And he lost. The way the game is with the home runs, that's what's happening. He keeps giving up solo homers. 
and they add up. And it's not like he's still only giving up, you know, five hits. If three of them are solo homers, there you are, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting to show the backs the backlash of how the game has changed, you know, for pitchers where you it seems like, oh man, strikeouts are soaring, ERAs are down, but when it's not, this is what happens. And it's got to be tough because it's again, it's not like he's giving up six, seven runs a game, either. He's keeping his team in it. It's not like any time you're like, why is he out there still? You know, but it's just really interesting. But either way, what happened? I mean, we'll talk about this next week. But uh, either Washington's going to win their first one ever, or Houston's finally going to, you know, figure it out. With we I mean, got Zach Greinke, former Cy Young winner, going up against Scherzer. That's going to be a good game. Cy Young winner. Yeah. That's very awesome because um, Scherzer missed his last start with because he had the neck issue. Mm-hmm. So, and also, it's the we've, we're through six games. The road teams won every game. They, I think they said last night that's the first time in the history of professional sports of seven-game series in any sport that the first six games the road team has won. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it makes crazier sense in baseball when you get the last at bat at home. You know, right. the, it does favor you a little bit more. I mean, you play on the road at hockey. Yeah, the crowd might be rowdier, but the ice is the same. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. Um, so it's just interesting uh, <laughs> to see that. I mean, man, if Washington wins, first of all, they'll be the first team. I mean, they'll be their. It'll be their first franchise win. The Montreal and then the Washington Nationals. It'll be Washington. Any team in Washington baseballs. <laughs> first world series since 1924 when they had walter johnson the greatest pitcher of all time uh i mean they used to call the old washington centers they used to say washington first in war first in peace last in the american league (laughs) that was uh that was the phrase that was there for for decades and then they moved and became the twins and then the new version expansion senators came in then they moved and they're the texas rangers now and it's just interesting. It's nice to have Washington have an identity, and I'm glad they're in the World Series. That's very exciting. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting because this this could really change the tide of things too because, first of all, historically, if Washington wins, that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. But if they lose and then Houston doesn't hang around like they've been hanging around and for some reason they drop off, if they win, they could be they could this could start a dynasty yeah, because they will have two wins out of three years still young you know and whatever but so so washington has the chance to also crush a dynasty from happening which is really interesting it's really yeah. exciting it's a lot more exciting than just two teams playing you know right. like that's yeah. this some, is where we're getting to some storylines yeah it's yeah. great so yeah. we'll see what happens in game seven anything can and does happen wait who are you picking who am i picking yeah i it's so hard because Washington has the momentum. I can't see the road team winning them all. Right. I just can't see the road team winning them all. So I think that there's going to be some sort of be a great pitchers duel. And I think that uh, I think that uh, the Astros will get to the bullpen or something, you know, late and win four three, something like that. Yeah. Um, but how about you? Well, earlier in this podcast, as listeners may know, I unequivocally picked. I think I might have even said Houston was going to sweep the nationals uh yeah how'd that work out yeah uh so but i'm gonna stick by them um, yeah they were my pick all year too yeah. i mean yeah it's just hard not to pick them but again 
Right. And everybody was, you know, the whole narrative was like, you know, Houston Dodgers and look, here's the Nationals. You know, they, they get the job done. I mean, right. it's really a credit to them to take it to seven games. Right, right. for sure. And it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting baseball. And I mean, and we forget, we talked, you know, everyone has talked so much about Verlander and Cole and how they got beat back to back in the first two, but how they're like the two best pitchers on the planet this year and everything like that. Granky pitched a pretty good World Series start in game three to. Yeah get them out of the two nothing hole and uh, he's a Cy Young winner you know and this is his first World Series is it really yeah oh, so wow. you know it's uh it's a big deal for him too I mean of course it's uh it's not Scherzer's first World Series but it's his first he hasn't won you know so yeah. none of these Tigers have won <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's just it, it'll be interesting for sure but I'm loving that it's two Cy Young, two former Cy Young winners mm-hmm. Locking horns in Game Seven. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. what you want. I mean, you don't always have that. I mean, you know, we had you had like when the Yankees and Braves were playing. You you had a game. You know, you had games like this where like maybe Roger Clemens pitch against Greg Maddox mm-hmm. or Glavin or something like that. But it's not always this epic mm-hmm. of a matchup. And it, I mean, the pitching matchups have been all series because of how great they are. You know, Strasburg was supposed to be the next whatever, and he's. He he wasn't he was supposed to be like the Mike Trout of pitchers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he had a great first year. It went downhill. He had some injuries, whatever. But he's really been good. It's just been not as the unfair expectations have he was been. So you know, hyped up. Yeah. yeah. It was too it was too bad for him because he's been really, really good. And this is but this is his moment. He last night he pitched great. And uh, you know, Moving forward, I mean, he's—I think he set the record for most strikeouts in a single postseason. Yeah. Um, and this is just—I mean, he's like maybe at the midpoint of his career, mm-hmm. maybe you know. So it's going to be interesting, though. But I mean, again, this is like when the Tigers had the four Cy Young winners, and Anibal Sanchez was the fifth starter, and he won the ERA title. He's the <laughs> starter for them now. He's when your worst starter in the series is Anibal Sanchez, your t- your. Uh, your team's going to be just fine. Yeah. So, um, but that's exciting. So, all right, let's shift to football. Uh, we'll we'll hit a few things here. Um, we'll start with the pros. The Lions, what do you see? What do you like? Uh, the Lions, uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> you know. Even with the win, you like nothing. Yeah, you know, they're still the Lions. I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm objective, not a Lions fan. Uh, I just... They just have that like quality. You know, I want to believe. I want to think that they're better. But they just they seem like it's like that woulda, coulda, shoulda, like kind of like play style they have. And I don't know. I'll I'll see it when when they're atop their division, when they're leading, uh, you know, that tough division. Then I'll start believing. But right now, I, I don't see it. No. no, and they haven't won the division in an awful long time. No. Every they've been making the since '91. They've been making the playoffs as a wild card a few times, but yeah. Uh, I don't see them winning the division either. Uh, it was a good win for them. Um, it was, yeah. but they're uh, the Giants are not great. Exactly, it's the <laughs> and, Giants. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, the, those are the games the Lions usually lose. And then, like last year, they'll beat the Patriots. Right. You know, they yeah. that's the Lions' mo. They'll win the game. They'll beat Dallas on Monday night when and Barry Sanders left three hundred and twenty yards, mm-hmm. and then they'll you know then they'll lose to Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, they're they're still in it. I mean, you know, it's it's a good sign for them. Um, but I think that uh, the next two weeks will be we'll really know if they got a shot or not. Um, yeah. Because if they keep floundering at this 
win loss win loss win loss then there's too many good teams in their division mm-hmm. they got to be better than eight and eight to make the playoffs and they probably they might have to be better than nine and seven to oh, make yeah. the playoffs With this division yeah so yeah. um That'll be interesting. Kirk Cousins played the Thursday night game last week. Uh, had another great game. They won. Beat his old team of Washington. Uh, they're on a roll now. That's four in a row, I think. Yeah, it was those two wins in five days, and then and then yeah, four in a row. Yeah. And he's, I think he's got no turnovers in those four games, or one wow. turnover in those four games combined. That's awesome. He's doing great. First, I think they said he was like the first quarterback in NFL history to have a. 135 passer rating four weeks in a row or something like that. Wow, really? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty good. And if this is going to keep going for them, this is going to be huge. So, uh, Michigan State lost to Penn State as expected. I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily think they played great, but they were playing Penn State, who was really good. Um, Kind of makes you wonder about the Michigan-Michigan State matchup now, though. Um, I thought, you know, going into the season, it seemed kind of 50-50. But based on how they've played like opponents, I feel like Michigan's got to have the edge. Oh, yeah. Um, at this point right now. Um, but we still got a couple weeks to talk about that one. So, yeah. um, so I mean, there's not much to say. Michigan State lost a game they were supposed to lose to yeah. a superior team. Um michigan didn't though yeah. no they did not and i was there actually <laughs> i um you know I'm, I'm not a huge michigan fan i mean i grew up a michigan fan i've cared less and less as i've gotten older and become an objective reporter and stuff mm-hmm. but uh, my parents have season tickets and they're on vacation and they asked if i wanted to go and i happily took the seats and also soaked got soaked to the bone <laughs> um, i've never been that wet i've never been that wet pouring rain or whatever comes and goes you get uh-huh. soaked and then it's then it stops it rained the entire game yeah in a st- it was a kind of a mist of a rain but it was steady like it wasn't we weren't getting poured like it wasn't hard rain but it was brutal stood the whole time couldn't sit down you're sitting mm-hmm. in a puddle if you want to do that i did not want to do that right um but here comes number eight notre dame into this matchup and michigan stomped them absolutely dominated every facet of this game Notre Dame's a passing team you know they like to pass now and they couldn't because of the weather so much but Michigan stopped the run they had they they held them to like 40 yards rushing oh my gosh and in a in a game where you got a rush mm-hmm. that's 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 it and Michigan could pass Michigan threw a few touchdown passes and a couple big passes there they they did it right in the little spots of weather where you could you know like they but notre dame had two full possessions where it stopped raining in the third quarter and did nothing so i mean michigan their often the line their offensive line dominated the running backs dominated their defense dominated they put the stank on notre dame and it was it was really incredible to see with of all these times with in rivalry games where it was like harbaugh can't win a rivalry game now people need to remember this is one of them When we're talking about rivalry games for Michigan, you can't even though this is the last one for a while. That also is important too because that's the la- the lasting impression on Michigan fans about this rivalry is a stomping. <laughs> but this is an important rivalry too, and this was huge for Harbaugh because not only did he find they find a way to win, they thumped them. And when's the last time Michigan thumped a rival, especially one who's ranked eight? It's not like Notre Dame's having an off year or something like that. 
it was an upset thumping. And even if it's an even even money thumping of a rivalry, when's the last time Michigan thumped a rivalry? I can't it's been a while. remember. Yeah, because even the last time they beat Ohio State in 2011, that was still a really close game. The Denard Robinson the Denard, game. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think I was at that game, too. Oh, I think really? that was the last yeah. one. I think that was the last game I was in the stands for before mm-hmm. this one. Um, a few press box games, of course, you know, right. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, at least it was close for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think Michigan was always is in control that year, but yeah, um, but they've been thumped. Oh yeah, they've been thumped. Well, last year, yeah. I mean, as I thought, if any, if they were going to beat Ohio State any year, it was going to be last year, and then it was the total opposite. You know, six what was right. sixty two to 39? oh, it was not. Yeah. yeah, it was it was crazy. So, yeah. So 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 here we go now with the Harbaugh talk. Let's say. I mean, they've already lost two, but to two top ten teams, of course, lowering Harbaugh's record against top ten teams. But this one helped. This was a top ten team. And the way we're – like we were saying, the way the season's shaping up on paper, they've got to be favored against Michigan State. So even if – I mean, we, it seems like Ohio State is destined to go undefeated into the playoff. Yeah. Just the way they've been playing. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but that's what it looks like on paper. But – it will, but if Michigan, if they beat Michigan State, if Harbaugh beats Michigan State, he'll win at least two of the three rivalry games, even though they lost two other games. But again, top ten teams. So I think that gets him off the hot seat if they beat Michigan State, at least. I mean, I know they always want to beat Ohio State, and I know that's a big deal. But I think fans and the administration know how good Ohio State is this year. I don't think that that's... You know what I mean? If there was a year to have no shame at losing to Ohio State, yeah. it'd be this one. And that I think that plays a factor. But I think they beat Michigan State. He's off the hot seat for at least another – I think that buys him two years. Yeah. And I think if they lose to Michigan State, especially given how you know they have such a quality win over Notre Dame, if they were just to go in reverse, like that would be bad. That would be catastrophic. Because, right. And it's hard. You know. Michigan doesn't want to – they don't want to find another coach. They don't want to go through this crap no. again where they have to keep finding a coach. Like the wait till they get their – you know, recruits and everything in place, and then you really find out what they are and everything like that. And the guys love playing for Harbaugh. I don't think that there's, I don't, I think it's got to be something more than wins and losses to get him out. I mean, because the rivals are so good lately, too. It's not like, it's not like he's losing to Michigan State. I mean, he's losing to Michigan State, and the last, every time he's lost to Michigan State, they're a top 20 team or a top right. 15 team, even, you know. Some- a fumbled punt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I was at that one too. That was I've never heard a hundred thousand people. That. I've yeah. never heard a hundred plus thousand people silent. Even yeah. the Michigan State fans were silent because they didn't know what. No one knew what they just saw. Yeah, it was the quietest I've ever heard the earth. It was yeah. so weird. You know when like you're watching a game and like you're the team you want to win. It's like oh yeah, if they just get a touchdown here, get the hail mary. You know, you know right. get the onside kick. You know, all those things. It was like one of those moments where it actually like yeah, they actually did the one weird. thing. It that was they interesting to do. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I'll never so, forget that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move into. I mean, hope hope won again. Yeah, they're really good. They're really yeah. good. They're really good. I don't see them losing until the playoffs. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I don't see them losing. Um, we talked about the offense being great. Obviously, they were number two going in. They're not number two anymore because they didn't score. Yeah, it was a rainy, many, but, rainy game that right. Night. Yeah. But they beat all of that on the road. Quality win. Um, and then they got you know they got a home game this week. Finally, back at home, and 
it'll be it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this how they move their way into the playoff assuming that's where they're headed you know right um you know a lot of teams that know they're going to be good now could be dangerous it could be dangerous mm-hmm. for them not necessarily that they wouldn't win the league but then they could come out in the playoffs flat and if you right. come out the playoffs flat you're losing yeah. so but the, they look real good right now and uh grand valley still still good uh beat davenport um they have a week before ferris they got a non-conference game this week and then they got ferris um we'll talk plenty more about that next oh, week yeah. um all right, so let's get into our high school stuff. I mean, uh, week nine, I mean, Holland Christian lost to Spring Lake and got eliminated from the playoffs. Tough loss for them. It's a tough season for them. I mean, they lost two of their starting and second-string quarterbacks. Their defense played better than they have. I feel like this, it, unfortunately for them, it was a season of what if, you know, um, especially in the green, you know. Um and that yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. And then next year the conferences are different, so it's gonna be all crazy. All different. Um you know, Holland lost to Byron Center as expected. Tough season for them. They finished one and eight. West Ottawa, oh and nine. I I mean <sighs> there's a, there comes a point where you just feel bad. I mean, like they're I've watched them play. You've watched them play. They don't look like an O and nine team. They don't look like a great team. No. But they don't look like an O and nine team. Um we've had some teams go O and nine around here. That look like 0-9 teams. They do not look like an 0-9 team. It's just a bummer. Especially after, you know, two years ago they were at their highest ever. And now here they are, first time in whatever quarter century that they're 0-9. Um, just a tough year for them. Um, yeah. But they got a lot of young pieces. So hopefully that's something that they build, you know, build with. Yeah, um, they can clearly score points, too. That's not the issue. Yeah. I mean, offense wasn't really the problem all year. So that that's kind of a positive sign, too. For sure. And before we get to... The Chucks rivalry. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh Fenville, you saw them. Uh yeah. you know, great rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Close game. What's what's that like? I mean, you've you've grown up in that rivalry. Oh, yeah. Uh what makes that so special? What made this game so special? Well, yeah, like in high school, I mean it really was a big deal. I mean, it really I, rem- I remember being in full fledged high school Facebook fights about, you know, oh Fenville sucks or oh Sogatuck sucks, you know. <laughs> so it was always a big deal. I remember one time, one year, I think it was my junior, sophomore or junior year, um, we rented out like a, like just an old beater like car. And you paid five bucks and you got to hit it with like a sledgehammer. And nice. it had all like Fenville logos on it. Nice. You know, and, like college teams do. Right. Yeah. yeah it was cool. Though. It's like we're doing this for like a, a high school game. It's like it really, there's always hype around it. My sister told me, uh, she's actually a senior at Fenville. Shout out to Bonnie. Uh, she was telling me that I love that you guys went to the opposite, opposite of the rivalry, schools, yeah, yeah. yeah, in the rivalry, yeah. And then my other sister went to South Haven, which is it's all we're a weird family, but uh, well, that's yeah, that's so. the, that's that's a podcast for a different time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she said that there was a kid going around, uh, you know, xing out all the s's on, on campus and stuff. So <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's, it's really fun to be a part of, and um, you know, for Fenville because when I was growing up, it's like. You had the couple years with Wes Leonard, obviously, where he was, you know, he was really good and beat us. Um, 
But, you know, Sagatuck, I always expected us to beat Fenville, but now that's different. And Fenville, you know, they finished the year 3-1 and one this year, and they have a freshman quarterback who looked really good, and yeah. Ben Peterson, and, uh, you know, his connection with receiver Jordan Pena. So um, it was a tough year for the Indians with the you know, low number numbers problems, but it was a classic Sagatuck-Fenville game. I was just, you know, a lot of yelling, a lot of, right. you know, it was close the whole game, so it was really fun to watch. Yeah, the game the game's been a good and and or highly anticipated game the last four years maybe or so. Yeah. Um, we had the year. I mean, uh, Sagatuck won pretty handily last year, but it was they were both playoff teams last year. Um, it was one of Sagatuck's better years. But then the year Sagatuck went to the state finals, Fenville beat them right in the finale. Yeah. To win the league, the division. So Fenville actually, Sagatuck made the state finals. They didn't even win their division. <laughs> yeah. But, and Fenville stomped them oh, that yeah. year. Like yeah. 45-7 or 45-14 or yeah. whatever it was. Like, it was completely unexpected. And then, you know, so the last three years, I mean, there's been some, there's been some Blake Dunn years where Fenville didn't really have a shot, mm-hmm. you know. But we're to the point now where it's back even and stuff. And I hope that continues in basketball because, um, Fenville's actually the upper hand in basketball overall lately. Um, but they, that rivalry, I mean, it's great in football. It's even better in basketball. You feel like it's Hoosiers. You're in these old gyms. The whole town's there. Yeah. It's awesome. So um, looking forward to more from that rivalry this year. Uh, but yeah, another. It's good to see. Uh, I mean, it's as anticipated and as crazy their games has been. This is the closest one in a long time. Oh, yeah. So, um, and then. Bird Bowl Part 2 coming up. Zeeland East lost to Unity Christian last week, but still got the playoff bid at 5-4. and four. Their reward, a rematch with the Ducks, uh, who beat them earlier. Uh, the Ducks beat Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton, too. I mean, Hamilton finished 4-5. and five. Another division, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they got... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, They have a lot of solid players. They, yeah. they do not look like a team that missed the playoffs. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, they don't look like... the necessarily making a deep run in the postseason mm-hmm. but they look like a playoff team they oh, look yeah. like at bare minimum they look like a five and four team yeah. i mean i would say they look like a six and three team um so now we get the bird bowl part two very exciting you never know what happens in this rivalry they've met in the playoffs four times before and the ducks won the first three avenging regular season losses mm-hmm. last year the chicks won both matchups and went to the sem- semifinals whatever happens this time it'll be history because zealand west won the first matchup if they win even though they've won three playoff games against them before they all were splits because they had lost the regular season game zealand west has never won them both in the same season right and zealand east has never flipped it mid-season they won last year the playoff game and won both games they were a far superior team last year They've never lost to the Ducks, then won in the playoffs. So one of those two results is going to happen. <laughs> um, and that's about, I mean, outside of the Chicks winning the state championship at some point, that's about the only thing the rivalry doesn't have is the flip of, you know, how the playoff, how the rematch goes. So it's kind of exciting that something new in the rivalry is going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I mean, it's it's interesting. These are the games that are dangerous, though, for, like, Zeal and West. They beat the Chicks handily the first time. 
their only loss all year has been that one point two day crazy three inches short loss to Byron Center on fourth down. Yeah. Um has had his ups and downs. Like mm-hmm. they they got beat pretty handily by Unity Christian last week in a game they needed to win to ensure they were going to the playoffs. And they didn't play well. They didn't play well against the Ducks. Um, it's been an interesting... I mean, Byron Center is clearly better, but Byron Center also beat them handily, not just beat them. You know what I mean? So their losses have been losses, and their wins have been wins. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... it's just. But the, again, those are the dangerous... They got nothing to lose. You know, maybe they'll, if they play their best game of the season, they could win. I'm not counting them out by any means. But just like last year, the Chicks were the far superior team. I think the Ducks are the far superior team this year. Uh, so I'm picking them. What do you think? You know, uh, about 45 minutes ago, I would have agreed with you. And I know we were talking about it before, but I'm going to go with the Chicks. You know, I, yeah? think, I think that, you know, I saw them against Holland Christian when they went to uh, overtime. You know, Ethan Hotelling had to run it in the end zone for the final, you know, final score to win the game. You know, yeah, it's like comparable opponents, you know, Byron Center. It's like it looks on paper like it'll just be another big Zealand West win. But I think having another crack at a team, especially after so recently having lost to them, and, you know, they lost 34-14. It wasn't like it was, you know, 58-7 or something like that. I think having another crack and then being like, all right, we're the underdogs, I mean, that does something. And sports, it always is that that just little intangible quality that you know kind of lives. So, so I don't know. I, I I was planning on picking the Ducks, but no. You know what? I'm going to go with the Chicks. I think the Chicks get it done. Uh, 38-34. That's that's the score. Oh, 38-34. Yeah. That's uh, it's a weird score. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I like it. I like that we're not just jumping on the same bandwagon. So, um, so Bo will continue to fall behind in his playoff picks that's and. Right. Uh, I don't think I'm catching Mitch, our news reporter. I don't think I'm catching him, which is a bummer. But I'm going to uh, get his back area from him again. It's just uh, I was four, but I think I'm three now. But mm-hmm. it's it's not going to be enough. Without, right. There's only one yeah. game now, and from here on out, there's only going to be a possible one game a week. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be a great game. Uh, if you got nothing to do, there's no other teams around still playing. So if you got nothing, and you've never seen this Bird Bowl. Go watch it because it there's nothing quite like it. It is electric. The student sections make it electric. The stands are packed. Standing room are only all the way around the track. It's it's exciting. Um, Bo's looking forward to his first one. Um, but it's it's going to be a great event, no matter what happens, no matter who wins, and that's 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 really cool to see. And that community gets to come together for one more trash talking session and. Uh, uh, bragging rights for the whole year. No one yeah. cares now what happened two weeks ago. Right. No one cares. Right. It's now about what happens in this one. So, um, yeah, it'll be very exciting. So uh, we'll have a full recap of that next week's podcast as as well as uh, state cross-country recaps. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about district volleyball, but we'll be in the middle of it at that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have plenty of other things to talk about Michigan, Michigan State, Lions, you name it. There's always crazy things to talk about. Oh, we'll talk about what finally what happened in the World Series. Um, we'll also in the next couple of weeks be looking ahead. They'll they're going to pick the the uh, 
old timers quote old timers committee finalists for the baseball hall of fame uh it's the same era that alan trammell and jack morris from the tigers were elected a couple years ago so we'll see if lou whitaker finally gets on this finalist and we'll break down his chances or uh talk about reasons he uh should have been on the ballot the last time uh let's hope that doesn't happen again uh but we'll break that down too because um, that was a very interesting predicament last time so uh lots of things to talk about we got more hope calvin stuff coming up um we've got the miwa tournaments next week for soccer and for, for volleyball and uh, hope football obviously as well so lots of things to go check out but next week will be volleyball every day there will be some sort of volleyball so be prepared for that district volleyball it's an exciting week with a lot of we have a lot of great teams in the area um doesn't always seem that way i mean hamilton's obviously the cream of the crop right now but the the other teams in the green you know if they've lost like zealand west and uh holland christian are each six they're six and five in the league or something like that or five and four in the league whatever it is the, uh, no, that's right. Six and five, and they so they lost twice to Hamilton, who's ranked number three. They lost twice to Byron Center, who's ranked number seven in Division One. And then Holland Christian and Zealand West beat each other. Who knows how good they are? I mean, Holland yeah. Christian's ranked because they're in Division Two. I think Zealand West would be ranked. Zealand West has, a, I think, a better overall record, but they're in Division One. So, I mean, and then West Ottawa's in the red. If they were in Division Two, they'd be ranked two. Uh, so, I mean, you really got you got uh, four ranked level teams from the area, which is exciting. Um, so, and then you go to the one and done districts. And who knows what can happen? So, uh, but yeah, we'll have all that kind of stuff there. So, go out and watch some volleyball. Go see the Bird Bowl, and uh, yeah, we'll be back to break everything down next week. For Bo, I'm Dan. Have a good week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.